Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Thank you for joining us for the Institute for Supply Management's Report on Business series. We have Anthony Nieves with us today, who is the committee chair for the non-manufacturing report on business. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss, and we've gotten a sneak peek at the report. And, Lou, it looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks uh, it, it looks so good that uh, I'm not sure we have anything to talk to uh, Anthony Nieves about. So we'll have to see what he, what he can make up. It, it's really a good report. I mean, there's some startling numbers. It, it is a almost good report. To, and uh, almost to the point that the tariffs haven't made a difference. Yeah, right. Well, let's find out. Uh, Anthony, welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio and the ISM's Report on Business Series. Thank you very much. I actually put in a special request for Lou. I said that uh, after Tuesday, we wanted to make sure he showed up on Thursday. So I really was hoping the numbers would come in well, uh, you know, above uh, expectations, (laughs) which they did. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. I'm still recovering from uh, Tim Fiore's report of Monday. Uh, well, don't don't dwell on that number. It's, uh, it's still, you know, we're August. We were talking about this earlier. You know, September, October are very strong manufacturing months. We've had a lull Absolutely. this summer. And, uh, you know, with the summer months as is, I, I think this report, <clears throat> the numbers came in actually a month ahead of what I was projecting. Um, you know, I don't have the crystal ball, but uh, we always get that little bit of slowdown, even though we account for seasonality and seasonal adjustments. Um but, you know, at 56.4, you know, coming in after two months of cooling off, um, last month mm-hmm. we also had a three-year low for the composite index. <clears throat> and this report would have been even stronger if you think about it, if you look at the sub-indexes, the four sub-indexes that comprise the uh, NMI, business activity, new orders, employment, and supplier deliveries. The deliveries were faster, uh, or I shouldn't say faster, they were slowing at a at – a, uh, not a slower rate. It kept 50.5 just above the baseline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because um, just with the slowing of activity of the previous two months, uh, we didn't have the capacity constraint uh, within the supply chain. So deliveries were not as slow as they've been in prior months. And when you look at employment, you know, the summer is always that period of time with vacations and holiday and everything else. Uh, we see a little waning in that activity. What carries over into July is what's transpired from May and June because of the cycle time that's associated with onboarding uh, people that are recruited and hired. But uh, we did get the uptick very strong on new orders, 60.3, up 6.2 percentage points. Yeah, that's business wild. activity, yeah, 8.4 percentage points, 61.5. <clears throat> you know, and the question has been, well, what's going on? Why is that activity up and why is the new orders up? And um, it, it was a um, kind of what we've talked about previously on the show that, you know, I mentioned September being a pivotal month, but again, keep in mind, two of the top three industries for this sector uh, have contributed, if you look on the uh, NMI section where it says uh, the 16 industries that exhibited growth for this month, you have uh, real estate, rental and leasing, and uh, public administration are in there. And those two, if you think about the timing-wise, People are moving, they're going into their new occupancy or selling or doing whatever prior to school year, 
which is important. People want to get that closed out. And then you have many municipalities that have their fiscal period goes from September to September. And uh, mm-hmm. the other industry in there is retail. And retail, um, as they look to gear up for the holiday season, another thing that came out of our respondents was the uh, anticipation of these trade, uh, the, the tariffs being uh, implemented September 1, and this round will affect consumer goods. So certain buildup prior to um, uh, the implementation of those uh, those particular tariffs. Yeah, there are a couple of comments from uh, your uh, survey responders who do refer to uh, tariff issues. Uh, and and I would think some of that, I, I agree with you, is doubling up on uh, merchandise uh, uh, purchases to scale through uh, the fourth quarter. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, so we have to we have to do something about the manufacturing side. You're going to have to talk to Tim and, and see what he's got to do. <laughs> Well, we can do all the talking we want, and, and and I can easily comment on that stuff because I don't I'm not Tim, so I don't have to hold any end of the bargain up, right? Yeah, right. So, so overall, Anthony, what have the respondents been saying? I know the Tims were about 33 or 35 percent tariff related. I don't know what your breakout is. Yeah, you know, I've not looked at it or calculated it as a, as a percentage, there were definitely numerous comments um, surrounding the tariffs. But again, it's been impacting the manufacturing side much more. We, we, we've seen it trickle down into uh, finished goods on the on the um, non-manufacturing uh, side. But, you know, it's been the, uh, you know, raw material purchase. We've seen it, as you know, and this is near and dear to Lou with the uh, stainless steel and, and what we've had going on there. But on the non-manufacturing side, not as much. Uh, the uncertainty has been more of effect, had more of an impact on the psyche, um, but yet uh, I think September, when we look at September's report, again, as I mentioned previously, how it impacts more of these consumer-type products, uh, that's going to be, uh, I think, where they feel it directly in the pocketbook. So we'll wait and see how that comes out. Uh, Anthony, uh, Lou and I were in an editorial meeting earlier this morning, and we were talking about stories that affect manufacturing as a result of hurricanes. And I know that one of the stories we learned from you in terms of commodities and short supply, uh, when Maria hit Puerto Rico, uh, IV bags became a problem. Uh, is there anything in the, the Bahamas that is manufactured heavily for the United States that we might see an impact from Hurricane Dorian? Uh, no, we will not. Uh, we will not feel that. Um, to your point, in Puerto Rico was a different story. It definitely was IV and, and pharmaceutical uh, related items. Uh, the Bahamas, uh, not so much. I know there's some glassware that comes out of there for the most part, but even then, there's not a whole lot of uh, production going on in the islands. They import. Uh, just about almost everything there. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's interesting because uh, I was shocked to learn that, not that it's a bad thing, I was just surprised to learn that IV bags, about 90% of the supply comes from Puerto Rico. Who would have known? Yeah, right? Unbelievable. So that's, that was Let me ask, you have been on a number of shows earlier today, and you'll be on a couple of uh, shows after our interview what's the toughest question you've been asked so far 
<laughs> Everyone's been asking why, how come uh, this uptick in the uh, non-manufacturing sector? And uh, I touched on it earlier. It's, it's. Uh, I think with uh, seeing uh, the the impact that uh, real estate rental and leasing has had on this, as well as uh, um, uh, the other industry, uh, public administration or government spending and uh, retail. So those three areas are driving a good percentage of this. Uh, but overall, you know, we've talked about, uh, not to not to get off on a tangent, but everyone's been talking about recession. Okay? And the recession mm-hmm. is coming, is it forthcoming? And that's the other topic that's been uh, on the forefront of everyone's mind. And interesting enough, I was reading this piece after I'd already made a comment uh, earlier today about how, you know, and we said this on the show, I think last month, we seem to be almost talking ourselves into a recession. And yes, we, we always had, do. Yeah, we had the inverted yield curve, okay. But typically after that, there's usually a four-month cycle and other things that come into play uh, that indicate whether or not we're going to be hitting a recessionary period. And and, and Janet Yellen, a former Fed chair, uh, Janet Yellen had said uh, in an article how this is different. And, and I I agree. My opinion is I agree because we don't have as much as many headwinds as we have we don't have the bubble that we had in 2008 with the savings and loan implosion subprime all that you know really took us south really quick and prior to that right. it was the dot com explosion implosion i should say <clears throat> so we don't have that we have low unemployment which is huge we've had the lowest unemployment in decades so and we finally have some wage pressure coming in so people are earning more you look at consumer confidence is down Yes, it's down, but yet spending is up. And the same thing on the commercial side. We have business confidence is down, and it has to do with the trade uncertainty and geopolitical concerns, Brexit, slowing global economy, all of that, yet spending is also up. So, you know, let's let's see how this plays out. Uh, even this one strong month we have here does not make a trend, yet I feel that we typically see both sectors pick up as we get, you know, toward the latter part of the third quarter into the fourth quarter. Right. Well, now, from, didn't from Jan- your lips. Sorry, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, Anthony. Didn't uh, Janet Yellen speak at your industry conference uh, recently? Yes, she did. Um, yes, back in April, uh, it was great. She actually did a general session, and then she did a breakout session uh, session rather with uh, which Tim and I moderated, which was uh, very insightful. And I, I certainly would encourage people industry-wide, both manufacturing and non-manufacturing, to look at the conference that the industry, the Institute for Supply Management puts on as something more than a supply chain conference because it really uh, talks about everything upstream and downstream, and they've got some excellent speakers that come in. So I encourage everyone to attend that conference, whether it's in April or May, coming up uh the the uh, next thing coming up anthony is the is it the forecast for 2019 that you do in december uh for 2020 we what we do is we look backward and we look forward so we do a comparison of uh year over year last six months uh going forward year over year and then the uh, next the next six months till we hit the semi-annual after that. So the semi-annual is typically uh, December and uh, April, May, depending on uh, where when conferences. And one thing that 
that people always bring up, and then I'll, I'll, I'll let Lou jump in here for a moment, um, is this catchphrase, <coughs> headwinds. That's, that's the latest economic phrase. What are the headwinds? Uh, so let's use it for the moment. Any headwinds in non-manufacturing? Well, uh, it's kind of where we're looking at, again, what's going to be the impact of this latest round of uh, tariffs, as well as uh, the geopolitical concerns. Uh, you know, we have some good stuff that came out, uh, even though the headwinds with Brexit, what's going on there. Uh, we had the, uh, the deal signed with, uh, we're signing a deal with the UK. Uh, we're also uh, having a deal with Japan. Um, this is kind of replace, replacing that Pacific Rim thing. I, so it's kind of, there's some positive things underlying with all the concerns right now that we're seeing. But overall, right. you know, uh, inflation is, is minimal at best right now. So right. Uh, there's, there's some really good things here. We just have to see, even if, even if we hit some kind of recessionary period, it's not going to be like what we saw in 2008. And again, I'm not an economist, but we, we won't have that type of anomaly that we experienced back in 08. Uh, there's just too many other positive things, and the and the Fed does a, the Federal Reserve does a really good job in trying to you know stem any type of um, uh, recession. So they you know they don't always nobody has the crystal ball, as I always say. I use that term over and over again, but there is a lot of things in place. And look, 08 was was terrible, and yet we won't see anything like that. And even if we're seeing this slowdown that we're seeing now, this cooling off that we saw in the last few months for non-manufacturing <clears> as well <throat> as manufacturing, uh, I think that there's just so many positive things going on that, uh, you know, we'll finish up 19 in good shape 2020. You know, time will tell, but I think we'll go into the year feeling, you know, pretty good about things, and uh, uh, the holiday season should be okay. Um, I know that there were certain items that were left off the list for tariffs, so it wouldn't negative, negatively impact the retail trade for the holiday season. So um, there's there's things that are going on that I feel uh, that this expansion is not going to end uh, anytime soon. It might, you know, six months might be a different picture. Well, we. Uh we're feeling naturally from the manufacturing side. We're we are feeling uh, first uh, all metals and forges feeling the uh, effects of the uh, trade wars and such. Um, I, I but I'm I'm thinking that people are beginning to understand it better and different. I think that there are those who uh, have had the lemonade to assume that. China was paying the tariffs and we, we were getting all that money. I think it's pretty well established in the marketplace that people understand that that's not the case at all. And that we, uh, the, the, Mr. Uh, John, John Q. Smith, is actually paying the, the tariff and the duty. So we'll have to see how long that's going to continue considering that there is an election coming up. Uh, there may be a point at which the, uh, the Republican Party, uh, not to talk politics, the Republican Party may recognize that they individually uh, could be in great trouble uh, if this trade war business does not uh, uh, curtail. You know, I look at this uh, from a supply management perspective that this trade war is all part of a grand negotiation 
so to speak. So, mm-hmm. and and the the Chinese are not ones to flinch. So I right. think in the overall picture, there will be some some things attained, not to the end all that was you know projected out there, but there'll be some concessions, there'll be something attained. And to your point with the election, there has to I think there'll be some kind of uh, solution reached before the election, just because it makes sense to do so. Um, right. But if not, um, you know there's there's it's a mixed bag, and uh, uh, you know I've I've looked at both sides of this and and looked at the the perspective that uh, people have put forth. And I always try to take the middle ground and, and not be biased with it. Uh, but, you know, if you do what you've always done, you get what you've always gotten. And something had to be done. Uh, I'm not saying the timing's great or, you know, you just can't acquiesce and sit on your hands and just let things evolve and keep going the way they were going if it's not working. Um, the whole thing with intellectual property that had to be addressed, as I mentioned on the show previously, there's companies that are – China-based that uh, U.S. companies, and, and they feel felt that something had to be done. What's happening is, and, and I did listen to the show on Tuesday, and Tim mentioned this, and I've mentioned this as well in the past, that supply chains are moving. They're moving out of China, and they won't go back. So will they find alternate sources uh, or alternate customers, meaning, the, uh, the, meaning China? Probably, but we still represent a very large percentage of spend for their economy. Uh, we are a very large customer to them. And if they want to have all that diverted elsewhere, it's going to negatively impact their economy. They don't publicize things over there like we do here in the media, but their economy, even with the growth rate they're having, they've taken a big hit through this as well. Sure. I think they're down to roughly a 6% GDP from 14% uh, about five years ago. So we would never see 14 if you add up five years in a row. <laughs> but think about this. There's a, it's easier to have growth when you're, when you've been underdeveloped, you know, it, it was, True. they were in the sixties, what we were calling them the sleeping giant, so to speak. So mm-hmm. um, now you look at it and yes, they had all this upside because there was just so much underdeveloped. Now it's slowing down considerably. And, um, you know, they don't have the same pressures that we have here in this country as far as uh, standard of living and, and wages and things of that nature. So that's why we offshored in the first place. I think the uh, Chinese, though, have a plan B, uh, and that is the Belt and Road. Uh, and they're working feverishly on that. And that gives them a huge, huge market that will more than make up for what they lose in the American market. Well, for them, as, maybe it works. As time moves on. Sure thing. But it is about, you know, it is a cultural thing. It is about uh, not, um, they don't want to acquiesce. They don't want to lose face. Right. Uh, we have to figure out how to come up with uh, some kind of compromise where they don't lose face, but we get a win out of it as well. Sure. And it's doable. Uh, it may, may, may should have been done differently than a tariff. It could have been done with uh, quotas and perhaps a couple of other uh, financial uh, uh, aspects. But the tariffs, I don't think anyone's ever won with a tariff. No, and they've been around since uh, we've had commerce. Uh, people That's have right. Had tariffs. Yeah, no doubt. Anthony, I'm just wondering 
the tariffs aside and that uh, issue in non-manufacturing, how does the non-manufacturing sector feel overall about the economy based on what input they're giving you in response to your survey? Well, the, the majority of them are positive about business conditions and the overall economy. Um, you know, again, I mentioned that confidence is down a bit, but spending's up. Um, companies are doing better. Um, maybe not the same rate of growth they had last year because, you know, 2018 was such a strong, uh, strong year, especially uh, the latter part of the year and coming into the first part of uh, 2019. So we always said that that rate of growth could not be sustainable. And yet, uh, again, we're measuring change month to month. And looking at this reading that we have for this month, um, they're feeling pretty good about what's going on. Uh, and that's putting aside, as you said, uh, the uncertainty surrounding uh, trade. Right, right. Well, why don't you kind of wrap this whole thing up in a, in a summary for us um, and kind of give our listeners from your perspective how it's looking this month and maybe how it might look next month. Sure. So uh, as we've uh, been talking about here for the past uh, uh, 20 minutes or so, the non-manufacturing sector, after two months of cooling off and a three-year low last month on the composite index, came in at 56.4, up 2.7 percentage points. The strength coming from business activity, up 8.4 percentage points, and new orders, 6.2 percentage points. This being attributed to... Uh, when you're looking at the 16 industries that reflected growth for this sector, uh, real estate rental and leasing and uh, public administration, uh, two of the three, top three for this sector, in addition to retail, uh, were driving um, uh, most of this, what was going on for the month of uh, August. Uh, going forward, uh, we anticipate that we'll st still see growth for this sector. Uh, there is no indication that growth uh, will cease, that we will get into any area of contraction. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how that rate of growth pans out for the next uh, month or two. This uh, August reading is actually, in, in my opinion, a month uh, uh, sooner than what I thought. I thought September would be that kind of hinge turnaround month, and we've talked about how that will happen um, probably on the manufacturing side as we have a strong September, October historically, and as Lou mentioned, good marketing months for the manufacturing sector. So overall, I think the state of the economy will be going forward. Uh, the balance of the year will see um, growth. Uh, hopefully it will be uh, strong growth uh, combined for both sectors. Well, Anthony, great wrap-up, great numbers. Uh, keep it up. Talk to Tim a little bit about the non about the manufacturing. <laughs> we have to get him uh, back to the table uh, if he's climbed out from underneath the table. Uh, we uh, we wish you well, and we'll be talking with you next month. I appreciate it. Maybe Lou will just tag team him and see if we can pull him along with us. <laughs> we could do that. We could do that. All right. It's always a pleasure being on the show. Thank you, gentlemen, and uh, have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Thanks. We, we appreciate you for being here. And we've been speaking with Anthony Nieves, who is the ISM committee chair for the non-manufacturing report on business. Uh, this is the Institute for Supply Management's report on business series that we host for and with them on the first 
report coming out on the first business day of the month, and uh, Anthony Nieves' report comes out on the third or fourth business day of the month. So we're always excited to have them on the show to give us a read of what just happened and what could happen. And we encourage everyone to come to mfgtalkradio.com to listen to these shows and others. We've got some interesting uh, content coming up very shortly. We have a lot of good news articles that are on that show. We have our sister show, which is Women and Manufacturing, some terrific interviews on that particular show that we encourage people to listen to. We also have Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman. So that is a kind of a discussion uh, with economists, and he has some very excellent and skilled economists that join him on that show. So come in, come often. We appreciate all of our listeners. Send in your comments to info at mfgtalkradio.com, and thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.